What's up, sports ballers? Welcome to the latest episode of Sports Ball. In this episode, Andrew and I discuss, of course, the upcoming World Cup. Uh, will the lack of U.S. presence really affect the future of soccer in this country? We discuss. Also, Andrew's top three matches to watch from the first weekend, my bottom three matches not to watch, and then Andrew and I pick uh, the winners and runners-up, as we promised, of each group going forward, and then um, some NBA news. Enjoy the show. It's going well. Yeah, you ready to talk some soccer? Absolutely. A week from now, we will have had a, uh, a weekend under our belt. Yeah, it's crazy to me that within three days, two weeks of solid international soccer begins. Two weeks straight, three or four games every day. I'm pumped. Yep. Uh, the uh, the pool play is as good. Uh, I realize it doesn't go as long each day, but I think the pool play is as good as the the first few days of the NCAA tournament. Don't at me. No, I I think it's better because you get two weeks of it. Yes. I mean, you get three matches a day, that's six hours. So it's not like you're, you know, you're getting a game a day, like you're getting more soccer than most people can stomach for two weeks. (laughs) And I'm A okay with it. And I believe on um Saturday morning we have a four AM match. Yeah, God bless D V R, that's what I say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won't be up for that one. So, uh, yeah, how do you want to do this? There's just there's so many so many games and teams and things to discuss. Let's let's go chronological order with the the week's events. Okay. So before the World Cup gets started, on Wednesday, we will find out if the U.S. is going to host, or I should say, if North America is going to host the 2026 World Cup. Well, that's a possibility, but there also might be a vote. So there's three options to vote. There's the North American bid, there's the Moroccan bid, and there's the we don't want either and we want to redo the whole thing. Right. So, yes, we 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 have a shot at finding out if we're going to host, but we also have a shot of finding out, like, no, the world really does hate America, and we're going to either give it to Morocco or we're just going to start all over again. <laughs> But we do have some um, some local investment in this because should North America be awarded, there's a likely chance that we would see a game or two here in Kansas City. Yeah, and I am all for that. That would be, I mean, I would I would go see any country sub game yep. for sure. You know, I have a I have a yellow card from uh, a 1994 World Cup match that my grandparents got for me when the World Cup was here in 94 um, that I still have. It was a... They told me it was used in a game. It probably was just one they bought at, you know, one of the concession stands, you know, the the merch stands. Mm -hmm. But because they told me it was used in a game, I'm just going to believe them and not really put any logic towards that, so... Um, Did the Silver Dome host any World Cup games uh, that year? Yep. That was the that was where they went, and that's wow. where they got the yellow card. So amazing Indeed. how things have changed in uh, in in twenty short years. Yeah. <laughs> that's a giant garbage pit now, but hey, <laughs> what else is new in Detroit? So then uh, Thursday night, things get started: Russia and Saudi Arabia. Which I think is going to be an absolute dumpster fire of a soccer game, to be honest. 
Yeah, but it's like the first bowl game. Like, ah, we've got bowl games. We might as well watch. Yeah, I just – I'm not – I'm going to, you know, spoiler alert here. I don't think either of those teams is getting out of the pool stage. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're the host. Host teams always tend to outperform, you know, the expectations. So, it's very possible that, you know, they come out and they win 4 nothing, or, you know, whatever. But – it just doesn't have the sex appeal of Portugal, Spain, shall we say? Right. Or, um, well, we'll get to this. Yes, we will. But no, I mean, it's crazy to think we're recording this on Monday night. So, you know, in very, very short amount of time, there will be World Cup soccer. And, you know, if I have to watch Russia, Saudi Arabia play just to get me some World Cup in on the first day, you better believe <laughs> I'm going to do it. Absolutely. What is your favorite part about the World Cup? Um, I think my favorite part about the World Cup is that, you know, growing up as someone who has played soccer and has loved soccer and has always been kind of the weird kid because he loved soccer, you know, it's like the one time every few years, it's like the Olympics, every four years, everyone cares about bobsledding, you know, Mm -hmm. and every four years of the World Cup, everyone remembers, oh yeah, soccer, that's a thing. And I feel like, growing up every time the world cup comes more people stay watching soccer after it so what excites me about the world cup especially you know in this day and age with how well the mls is doing compared to you know 10 15 years ago like the impact that it's going to have on the rest of the people especially where you know where we live um you know in our country that even though our team isn't in it like Soccer is going to be on. It's going to be, you know, talked about. It's going to be on Sports Center. It's going to be talked about on the radios, especially if we get the World Cup bid. Like, it's going to become a prime sports um, discussion, especially now that basketball and hockey are both over. Like, the media is going to need something to show and have highlights and discuss. So, uh, that's what excites me the most. Like in a in a big term, is just that soccer all of a sudden is really, really, really important, um, and then. Uh, just like a personal note, I just like it because it's the best soccer you're ever going to see. Like, hands down, it is the best soccer you're ever going to see. Um, so, those are my things about it. Yeah, and, and I would agree, and I made this note in the the um, in our notes, but you know, I, I think when the U.S. failed to qualify, a lot was made that, that the, the U.S. was going to lose its momentum with soccer because we weren't going to be playing in these this three-week span. And I, I just completely disagree with that premise because, like you said, it's easier to watch soccer now either domestically or internationally than it's probably ever been in our lifetime. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, and so it, it doesn't I, – I don't think you, the youth or the fan, the, the youth that play or the, or the fans that watch have to be – motivated to to watch um or, or be motivated by watching the u.s i, I think they they're going to watch portugal they're going to watch spain they're going to watch germany they're going to watch mexico they're going to watch argentina uh france uh, who, whoever it may be and, and those folk those countries are, are going to inspire kids to go out and, and buy a soccer ball or, or join a league or whatever just as much as as a u.s team that you know who knows if they would have made it out of pool play Yada yada yada. So, I, right, I, and and I would say, I mean, I agree with you, but I would say to anyone who thinks that because the U.S. isn't in the tournament, it's going to cause the younger generations or even the current, like you know, U eighteen players, 
to not want to excel any better doesn't understand the nature of competition in sports. Right. If anything, they're going to be trying harder to prove everybody wrong and to reclaim the spot in the next World Cup to put the U.S. soccer program back on the world map. So if anything, yeah, it sucks. Like, obviously, you want your team in the World Cup. We've had a, a super long string. You know, I think since the last time they made the World Cup, I think was when I was born, like 86, I want to mm-hmm. say, 90, yeah. right around there. Um, and so we've had this – we've gotten used to being like – you know, kind of okay at soccer. And, you know, by kind of okay, it means you're one of the best 32 teams in the world, which, well, that's, you know, top 20%, top 30%. That's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, the, this whole, oh, the U.S. isn't in the World Cup and it's going to it's gonna cause people not to want to watch. Or, and that might be true. They're not want a watching part, but they're not wanting to play and not wanting to get back there. Like, that just, you don't understand sports and you don't understand competition, if that's what you think. Right, and I think the only thing that we'll miss um, is the the large kind of civic watch parties. You know, here in Kansas City, we always had a good one. You know, Chicago um, has had good ones in the past. You know, where you where you see those cities come together to to cheer the country on. I think that'll be missed mm-hmm. um, a, a little bit. That that camaraderie um, of watching games. You know, that that can be enjoyable. Um, you know, especially if. If it provide an opportunity with the time of these games um, to to get out of work and go watch a game at eight a.m. and have a couple beers and <laughs> cheer America on, that would have been a, a nice opportunity. But yeah, um, it's not there, and and but it it certainly isn't going to diminish the the quality of of soccer. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Speaking so, of quality soccer, yes. We we each wrote down three games that we want to watch. Well, I kind of broke the rules. I you you wrote yeah you did three that you want to watch. I wrote three down that I don't want to watch. <laughs> and it's essentially uh, I will explain when I get to my section. But yeah, you, you you take the good side. I'll take the bad side. How about that? That that's that's fine. My mine were pretty much no brainers for the most mm-hmm. part. I think um, obviously Portugal Spain Friday afternoon. Um, you know that probably determines that that pool's winner in pool pool B. Um, and I think I was reading a little bit. I, I believe that there will be some, some uh, ramifications from that match in the knockout round, depending on seeding and kind of how some other things fall. So I think, I think even though you assume both teams are into the knockout round, um, that game is going to carry some weight uh, and, and then how those teams get seeded um, in the next run, in the knockout round. Um, and then, then Iceland Argentina. This is like the classic five twelve NCAA tennis match. It might even be like a four thirteen or like a, a, a three fourteen. Um, Iceland, they're like what the the Butler of the World Cup, probably. I mean, a, a tiny country, uh, but they're they're gonna they're gonna hold their weight. We hope. yeah, they can they can play, but yeah. yeah, it's they're not the they're not the typical World Cup darling. No. Um, so that, that one is on Saturday. Um, that, that should be a good one. I actually picked both of those teams as well to advance out of their pool and pool D. I think Iceland will, uh, will pull the upset there, not against Argentina, but pull the upset there and beat the odds and, and get into the knockout round. And I think that maybe that's, maybe that's who America latches on to because we, we do like a, an underdog. And then finally, uh, Sunday, um, Mexico and Germany. Um, and again, both those teams, I, I think, will come out of Pool F. Um, but but uh, L3 and 
Germany should be a good one. So a, a weekend of good good soccer coming up. I mean that that's a quality match every day. That's just one of three, like you said. So yeah, uh, I uh, so I started looking at, at the weekend's schedule, and I was like, I want to watch all of these games except for. Uh, three of them. <laughs> so I thought that just worked out perfectly. And so the uh, the three games I do not want to watch uh, are Morocco and Iran. Mm-hmm. I, I just have no interest. Uh, it's not – I mean, they deserve to be there, but neither of those teams is making it out of the group stage. And, you know, I just I just don't care really. Um, the other one I don't want to watch is France and Australia. Um, I have France as a borderline second place in their group. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a lot of young talent, but they've shown in, in recent years that they can be a bit, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, unpredictable. Yes. Um, and, you know, Australia is, again, one of those underdog teams that tries really hard and plays really hard but never seems to be quite good enough. And for all I know, it could be a thrilling one nothing game. But it, compared to the rest of the slate, it, it's just – I don't think it's going to hold up. And then the last game that I just don't care about is Croatia versus Nigeria. Um, I think Croatia's got better games uh, against the other two teams in its group. Um, Nigeria is always one of those teams that plays well. Uh, that plays solid soccer, um, and they might surprise. But again, compared to you know the other games that are out there this weekend, those are the three I think they're going to be the. Uh, you know, if you miss them, it's fine. Yep, I agree. Um, yeah, those those don't uh, <clears throat> those don't really jump off the the page by any means. I was trying to pull up the. Uh... Well, like you look at okay, so Morocco and Iran, the same day you get Portugal, Spain, and Egypt and Uruguay. Those are both good games. France right. and Australia is going up against Argentina and Iceland, Peru and Denmark, and then Croatia and Nigeria. So Saturday has two bummers of matches, but two really I think Peru Denmark is has a sleeper chance of being one of the best games of the weekend. Those are two teams that I think most people would underestimate, but I have Peru winning that group. Yeah. So just my, my thoughts. And then Sunday, you've got Brazil, Switzerland, which is going to be incredible. Germany, Mexico, which could be really good, could could be all right, but definitely worth watching. And then Costa Rica and Serbia. Like, Costa Rica is a really good team. Yeah. They're, they're a lot better than people give them credit for, and so Serbia. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a lot of really good matchups, and, and there's just kind of three duds. So that's my justification anyways. Yeah, it, it'd be tough to disagree. Costa Rica definitely is a is one to watch. Um, that that Brazil match on Friday, June twenty second, nearly made my cut. I, I think. I mean, obviously that that will be one that will be paid attention to, especially because it will be the the second game for both teams. Um, so it, as we you know get closer to the knockout round, of that that one could be big for for Costa Rica. Um, you know. If they if they run into trouble against Serbia, so yeah. So real quick, I, I mentioned the Peru Denmark game as a potential game of the weekend, you know, sleeper game of the weekend. Like obviously Portugal Spain is probably going to be it, but like if there's going to be another game that steals it, Peru Denmark and I think Brazil Switzerland. Those are the the two games that because a lot of people are sleeping on Switzerland or just don't know how good they are. They're really good. 
because they're just not the usual powerhouse. You know, I mean, you don't think Switzerland will go, oh, World Cup, you know, but that could be a really good game. They can, they can play soccer as well as they can ski, huh? Yeah, and as well as they can avoid wars as well, so. Very, very peaceful place. Yeah, it's one of the Switzerland jokes. Oh, as well as they can conceal your identity on a bank account. Mm, spy movies. There you go. <laughs> what about England? Will they will they underwhelm us uh, for what seemed like the uh, the fourth World Cup in a row? Uh, okay, so here's the deal with England. Like, okay, I, I can I compare England to the way that I view movies. Like, if you go into a good movie with super, super, super high expectations and it doesn't meet them, then the movie seems really bad. Even though it was a good movie, because your expectations were groundbreaking and it didn't meet them, you're disappointed in it, right? But if you go into a good movie with super, super low expectations and it blows those expectations out of the water, then, oh, it's the best movie you've ever seen, right? England is the good movie that always has blockbuster expectations. So they always seem to underwhelm, and it's only because the expectations are ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not they're, – they're ranked number 12 in the FIFA rankings right now, which that's really good. But Germany's number one. Belgium is number three. Argentina's number five. Uh, heck, uh, Denmark is ranked number 12. They're tied with England. No one thinks Denmark's got a chance, but they're ranked as high as England is. So it's just it's the constant pressure of them having the best league in the in the world, theoretically, the Premier League. But sixty, seventy percent of those players aren't even English. So it's just I don't understand why the England team has the expectations it does when they have proven over the last fifteen, twenty years that they are an above-average international team that will make it out of group play, and if they're lucky, they'll make the semis. Like, I just So if you have the proper expectations for them, mm-hmm. they're not going to disappoint. They're going to they're gonna do what they're going to do. But this whole, like, we're going to win the World Cup every time, like, no, you're not. You haven't won one in 50, 60 years. And all of the mainstays are gone. Wayne Rooney's gone. Beckham is gone. Frank Lamb. Has gone. Rio Ferdinand is gone. Like it's all young guys now, and you you know Deli Alley and Jordan Pickford and Jordan Henderson and Jack Wilshire and all these young guys. Uh, Danny Welbeck, like, and they're not even that young anymore. They're all like twenty eight. So it's just, I don't know. They're just in a weird spot, and I just don't understand the expectations that, that are put on them. It just seems ludicrous to me. I appreciate those insights. Can you tell that I care about this? I'm getting a little, ex- <laughs> a little excited. Slightly. Uh, not, not to go squirrel here, I, but I brought up a little bit earlier the, the weight of the Spain-Portugal match and what it could do for the knockout round. So I pulled up the, the draw for the knockout round. Mm-hmm. And wh- whoever finishes second in that pool B um, could then would face um, either 2D or 1C in the, the quarterfinals. Uh, which that so that could provide a, a assuming Argentina or excuse me France wins its pool, um, then we could see a, a, a Portugal France or, or Spain France quarterfinal match, um, and then if if something were to happen and Argentina were to finish second in, in Pool D, it, we could see a France Argentina first round knockout round match. So yeah. that's another thing I love about the World Cup is after after the first two 
group matches are played and you kind of see where everyone lays and then who that third game is against, you start to see some of the, st- the strategy of like, okay, if we win this, we win the group. But, you know, if Argentina ties or loses, then we wind up playing them because they're second. So do we kind of sandbag and go for the tie? And, like, you, you sort of see all that, you know, strategizing right. about, you know. And then you get that really weird thing where Argentina does finish second and they go up against a stronger winner and blow them out of the water. And I, that's another thing that I think makes the World Cup really, really intriguing is 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 all of the possibilities you get. Because it's not just a straight bracket system out of the group play like mm-hmm. you have that seeding process then after that it's a straight bracket but right it, it's this unique twist on on that of the group play and then of the of their seeding you know it's yeah so there's a ton of possibilities for some really cool matchups depending on how you know it all shakes out but and on that topic of knockout round we 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 picked our group winners and runners up and um six of the eight uh we agree on the the two teams that are are moving on. Our only differences are in Pool A and, and Pool H. Um, I picked the the home country, Russia, um, a little bit for those the reasons you mentioned earlier that you know, they they may be up for this. They they've been building toward this for eight years. Um, you know they've they've got what could appear to be a favorable favorable pool. Um, and so so I've got yeah, them. Yeah, no joke. There. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> so you had Uruguay in in Egypt, and then then I had. Uh, Russia, but you've got. Do you have Russia winning the group? Yes. Okay. So I, yeah, I've got I've got Uruguay winning the group and then Egypt, but I did not I did not check to see if Mohamed Salah had been ruled out for good yet. Um, if Mohamed Salah is ruled out, then I think Russia finishes second. Um, he's he Mohamed Salah. He, he's a winger for Liverpool. He was the Premier League Player of the Year. Uh, he's incredible, but he got into a little uh, tussle with Sergio Ramos in the Champions League final, landed on his shoulder, and uh, I just didn't do my homework to figure out if he was out for the World Cup or not. So I will put an asterisk next to Egypt in my selection based on his uh, ability to play or not because he's just that darn good. We'll, we'll give you till Wednesday to, to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then we both agree uh, – well, we, we both agree on Group B, Portugal, and Spain, but you have Spain winning and I have Portugal winning. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference. Uh, group C, you've got France winning and Peru in second. I have Peru winning, and I have France in a very, very tentative second place. I think Denmark might sneak in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Group D, we both agree. Argentina, Iceland, 1-2. Group E, and Group F, we agree on Brazil, Switzerland, and then Germany, Mexico, and even Group G, Belgium, England. Although I, so there's always an African team that surprises people. Uh, it used to be Ghana, and then people got used to Ghana being good, and then they stopped being good. And before that, it was the Ivory Coast with like Colo and Yanya Toure and Didier Drogba. Um, and you uh, just wanted US, to say those names. Oh, they're fun, right? Uh, but like, no, but Ghana. Uh, the U.S. hit Ghana two World Cups in a row, uh, and it was, and that the second time was when Michael Bradley scored that goal where he roofed it from like the six yard line, and uh, got, and that was two thousand and two, I think, when we made it all the way to the the semis, or lost. In the, anyways, it's the best performance we've ever had, and that was the time we 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 got past Ghana. It was just very exciting. Uh, so, anyways, I say all that to say that I, Tunisia, I think might be that team this year if england does not do what you know they should do which is get out of the group tunisia might be the african team that gets through 
um, which would be really exciting because, you know, talk about underdogs. That'd be right. a lot of fun to see them go. Um, and then, all right, so Group H is interesting. You mean you both have Poland winning, but I've got Colombia going through with Senegal as a possible third, and you have Japan in second. So the team that I think is going to finish last in the group, you have finished in second. I just felt upset-minded. <laughs> well, and I realized, I look at my list, I'm like, there's hardly any upsets in mine. Yours is a little more, uh, probably closer to reality than mine is. Yeah, I mean, I know nothing about the Japanese team. Um, to be completely transparent, I just figured, um, you know, Asia needed some representation. <laughs> it's true. It's fair. It's fair. Well, uh, yeah, man, I'm pumped. Like, I'm super excited. I need to go get my DVR on YouTube TV set up to record all this stuff so I don't miss a single second. Yeah, it'll, it'll be good. And I like the I like the match times as well. Um, you know, luckily we've never had a World Cup, or at least we've been old enough to comprehend that's been in Asia, and we've had like a 12-hour time difference. They've always been uh, – Fairly favorable time differences, kind of like when it was in um, South Africa and the matches were always in the morning. Um, you know, when la- last um, twenty fourteen when it was in Rio, um, those were those were very favorable favorable match times as well. And, and these are good too. It doesn't uh, not going to cost us a lot of sleep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, can I can I change the topic real quick before we go? Of course. Uh, so we talked, we talked about this last episode, uh, about the Pistons and their coaching vacancy. And obviously it's important to me. And it's why it's on the show. I realized the Pistons, well, I shouldn't say that the Pistons coaching vacancy has been covered nationally this time around, which is a change from how it usually is. And it's simply because of Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. That's the only reason why the national media cares. Um, but the Pistons have signed or have hired, uh, their newest, head coach to a five-year deal and he is Dwayne Casey uh, formerly of the Toronto Raptors in fact the winningest coach in Toronto history and uh, he is the new Pistons head coach and I really like it I like it a lot in fact let me ask you this question okay are you more excited for the Dwayne Casey era of Detroit Pistons basketball or year four of the Jim Harbaugh era in Ann Arbor? <laughs> uh, probably year four of Jim Harbaugh simply because now is the time where the rubber hits the road or it doesn't. Whereas Dwayne Casey has a lot of work to do. Uh, he believes that he's inheriting a playoff capable team. And I would think that with, you know, a starting lineup of um, Reggie Jackson and Stanley Johnson and Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond and whoever the heck they get to play shooting guard, um, you've got a chance at making the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Um, but there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot that needs to, his system is like, there's just, anytime there's a new coach, there's a lot of change. There's a lot of, you kind of have to temper your expectations. But in year four of a coach like Jim Harbaugh at a university like Michigan, this is kind of when it's put up or shut up. With a quarterback who is immediately eligible named Shea Patterson. Who is drawing all kinds of on-the-field comparisons to Johnny Manziel, who won the Heisman. So, you know, 
personality-wise aside, talent-wise, he's being compared to someone who can play college quarterback at an elite level, which is quite different than anything we've had in Jim's first three years, frankly, at that position. So, I mean, we still we, we, we haven't been able to run the ball the entire time he's been there uh, consistently. There's been games where we've run for 400 yards and games where we've run for like 80. So th- there's not been a consistent run presence. The defense has been the best part of the team for the last eight years. Mm-hmm. No question about that. Brady Hoke defense was always top-notch. Greg Madison was incredible. He's still on the staff. Like The defense in Michigan has not been the issue the last eight years. It's been the inconsistent offense. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm much more excited about year four under Harbaugh and what could potentially be a really, really exciting or really, really disappointing football season. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to talk Big Ten football because it, it's been a, a heck of an off season. I mean, just today, Hunter Johnson um, transferring to Northwestern. I don't I don't know that he'll be immediately eligible for this year, but um, you know, Scott Frost, Frost returned to Nebraska. Year four for for Michigan. Um, I, I feel like this is going to be a league to very much watch this year. Yeah, man, I can't believe we're only like two and a half months away. Too, that's crazy. Yeah, they they head to media days in a little over a month, and then it's it's kind of off and running from there. I mean, camp starts, and the next thing you know, we're uh, we're in football season. All right, man. Well, who just it's nuts like. We didn't even talk about the French Open. We haven't talked about NASCAR or Formula One. We didn't even talk about Stanley Cup Finals or the NBA Finals. And we just spent a half. Like, there, there's just so much good stuff going on. This is awesome. I'm really excited for the next, you know, coming weeks and months. The beauty yep. of sports is never ending. No, it's it's not that, you know, we used to kind of have downtime, but uh, not not anymore. Sports <laughs> calendar. Sports calendar is good these days. Indeed. All right. Speaking well, the, well. One, one more thing before we go. I, I'm yeah. heading to uh, a potential World Series preview tomorrow night between the, the Cincinnati Reds and the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> so um, I, I will report back as to kind of how I see that uh, shaking out in October uh, when the two teams get together in the the fall classic because I think that, um, you know, I, I just don't think you can find two better clubs clubs right now than oh yeah with better starting rotations and better bullpens clearly i mean we we are gonna see um i I don't know this pitcher's first name romano uh for the reds he's three and seven and sal romano he's three and seven and is carrying a uh, 6.23 era oh man that is so low yeah um and then he will um he will tow the mound against um former Cy Young candidate, and when I say former, I mean many moons ago. Um, Ian Kennedy, oh, nice. who is a uh, a dominant one in six with a five seven six ERA. So, um, like I said, I I think we're going to see some of the the best baseball of the summer tomorrow night. I'll report back as to how it went. I can't wait for it to be like a two to one game. But here's uh, here's my question for you, real quick: What will there be more of? Hits, runs, or strikeouts tomorrow? Ooh. Total combined between both teams. I'm going to say... I'll say hits. Because the Royals don't strike out a ton. They get the ball in play. They just don't move the runners around. (laughs) 
right, fair enough. Your, your oh. choice has been noted by the masses. Well, I thought you were going to say hits, runs, or fans, because I don't think there's going to be many of those either. <laughs> no, that would have been funnier. I should have said that. That would have been funnier. No. I can't wait to tell Allie. We've been to like four Royals games. I swear, we every time we go out there, we see Ian Kennedy, and he he works so slow. Uh, it's it's just he must be getting paid by the hour. That that game, we don't always say at the end, but if that game is over in three hours, that that will be the real the real miracle. <laughs> Sal better work quick. All right, Sal, you heard it here first, man. Get on your horse. All right. Well, you have fun at that game. Enjoy the uh, the coming days of uh, top notch soccer, and uh, we will be back next time. Sounds good. Thanks, Cam. See ya. Yep.